0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Good day. This is Cecil Pevington, British attaché to music of the mat. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me. The reason being that I've spent the past number of months in a spot of financial bother due to some poor investments with the five-star wrestling promotion. But in any event, I'm here to tell all of you that this episode of Music of the Mat once again concerns the themes of Progress Wrestling, a promotion founded and operated under the sturdy, watchful eye of Her Majesty the Queen. Of course, I would like to say to all of our citizens of England, Scotland, Wales... Northern Ireland, or any other territory that flies the Union Jack, to please enjoy the podcast. And for those rebellious traitors who abandon the glory of the Empire and refuse to bend the knee to Her Majesty, I mean, for those of you who are foreigners, I'm afraid I must remind you of some bad news. You still need a UK passport to listen to this episode, after all. It's for British eyes only. For British eyes only,
1: it's my music.
0: You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and joining me today on the show here is a returning guest co-host, he is the host of the podcast. Then now whatever, it's Duncan Joyce. Hello, Duncan. Hey Andrew, it's great to be here again. Uh, how are things for you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Back to uh, being a hundred percent after getting the mania weekend flu that so many people got. Oh, um, good. I think I had it for like over a week too. Where you know, at, at first it was just a headache and uh, sore throat, and coughing and whatnot. And then after a few days, it went away, and I thought, okay, cool, it's over. And then I proceeded to just become a snot factory for the next couple of days after that, just sneezing and and snot and and gross and that kind of stuff. And then that finally cleared up after a few days. So I'm back to being uh, in ship shape, uh, thankfully, here.
1: Oh, good. Whatever gets it out of your system. You sound much better than last episode.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I I appreciate it. Um, Have you ever done a WrestleMania weekend by any chance?
1: No, Um, I've only ever been to like one-off shows and I've never been to see wrestling in America. I've only ever seen it in the UK.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking ahead to next year in Tampa. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it because there's just so much involved and it is a lot further away from me uh, than New York is. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go. Maybe yeah. I'll go. Uh, it's it's too early, I think, for me to decide right now. Obviously, because it's you know a year away. But uh, I am glad I went to uh, this year's Mania weekend. Uh, despite getting very sick afterwards, it, w- it was still a lot of fun uh, seeing all those wrestling shows and, and getting to meet people. So it was it was a good time.
1: It sounded like an awesome experience from your last episode. I guess with Tamper, it's just a case of waiting to see how many people WWE can ban from attending next time. Yeah,
0: (laughs) how many people they can sign up in a year's time, right, right. (laughs) Uh, Well, Duncan, the last time you were on the show uh, was a little over a year ago for an episode about classic progress wrestling themes. And today on episode 58, you are back... ...for Volume 2. Great timing, by the way, because uh, this will come out just a few days ahead of the big, super-strong-style 16-tournament weekend. Uh, So we have eight more themes to play and discuss here. But before we do, I I did want to talk a little bit about the current state of progress. Um, Because the way I see it, and this may just be me... But I, I kind of feel like progress has lost some of its luster in the past year or so. Uh, they did run Wembley Arena. they did run the, the American Tour. and you know by all accounts, they're still going strong when it comes to running shows. so they're not like you know suffering by any stretch. But I don't know. I, I don't think progress really has as much of a hold on the wrestling zeitgeist, if you will, as it used to have. What about you, Duncan? What do you think about that?
1: From a business sense, you're definitely right. It's still doing really strong. And like you say, since the last time we recorded together, they've had not just their biggest ever show in Manchester, but they also did their biggest ever show overall at Wembley, um, which was great to see. I don't think they've quite suffered to the extent that, say, the WWN promotions have uh, just yet. I've always starting to see a lot more of a similar sort of names creep in to fill the void of some of the talents that have come in. Uh, I, in all honesty, I haven't watched uh, Chapter of Progress since uh, the one after Wembley. I think it was Pumpkin Spice Progress. It was called. Um, so yeah, I've missed my first ever Manchester shows with Progress because uh, of changes with my working situation and stuff just haven't been able to go. Um, the first one that I missed, it sounded like a real shame that I missed out on it, and there are a couple of things, like Lana Austin finally debuted as a local wrestler from around here that uh, we're all really keen on. Um, yeah, it's this is just the thing, isn't it, when you have other professional duties that could possibly be distracting you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm just speaking from an online perspective, you know. I don't I don't live in England obviously, so I I can't go to the shows themselves, but I don't know. I don't I don't really see the fervor online for progress that I used to back in the day. Um, I see a hell of a lot for OTT cuz that seems to be the new hotness these days. So maybe that's it. Maybe the hot new thing isn't so hot new anymore. Um, although I think another very possible reason, as you alluded to, is the company's partnership with WWE. You know, you've got Jim Smallman and the other guys having their hands in NXT UK, uh, Progress acting as a sort of pipeline to WWE for UK talent, much like how Evolve is in the States, of course. And, you know, there are those repeated rumors that Progress will eventually, someday, maybe, go on the WWE Network. And I think for a company that is supposed to be independent, and yes, I will bring up the very, very, very tired phrase, punk rock pro wrestling, you know, at the same time, it's it's part of this corporate juggernaut of WWE. And I think that's going to rub people the wrong way, Duncan.
1: Well, you mentioned OTT being the hot new thing. It's not like they don't benefit from NXT UK either. One of their recent shows, they had some of the British strong style guys way past anybody else has been able to book them. Jordan Devlin's fine to turn up as well. Um, I think part of it is progress has sort of morphed into more of a work rate promotion. So the stories aren't quite as eye catching as they were initially. And OTT's stories, particularly around uh, surrounding the David Starr, Jordan Devlin and Volta rivalry seem to have really caught people's imagination.
0: Yeah, that's a good observation there. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, part of it has to do with the fact that there are a bunch of longtime progress wrestlers who can't wrestle there anymore. Or they have restrictions on who they can or can't wrestle in the company because of those NXT UK contracts or because of other contracts with other companies and other promotional alliances. Uh, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Zack Sabre Jr., um, Will Ospreay just left because he's with New Japan and RevPro. Uh, Jimmy Havoc is leaving very, very shortly because he signed with AEW. Trent Seven is likely leaving soon as well. I, I mean, Walter, Walter is the progress champion and he's only wrestled there like once this year. So it, it it's not like the sky is falling and they don't have anybody left. Of course, they certainly do. But, a lot of those big progress names who, who made their bones in that company are no longer there or they're rarely there.
1: Definitely certain aspects. But, I mean, if you look at some of the people that they've been working with outside of WWE as well, there have been a lot of impact wrestling talents working for Progress too. And uh, you mentioned, like, I agree, Volta's been a little bit more of an absentee champion than he perhaps would have been in the past. Jordan Grace is even worse. <laughs> Wins the title in December, and coming up in May is going to be her first progress appearance on British soil since she won that title.
0: Yeah, that's not good. That's that's not good at all. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, it's not all bad. I don't want to make this like you know one big negative episode because there is still stuff in progress that I do like, uh, namely the recent feud between Aussie Open and The Swords of Essex. I, I really enjoyed their uh, little series of matches a lot. So, you know, it, it's not all doom and gloom. It's just, you know, a lot different than how it used to be, Duncan.
1: I mean, it's not just from an in-ring standpoint that we've seen lots of change since we last recorded. Musically as well, they yes. went from having no licensed themes to having all licensed themes again to having... Not even hot tag media, like third-party collaborator themes, but in-house themes. And now I think they've actually gone back to fully licensed themes again. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a clip of Jimmy Havoc arriving to I Hope You'll Suffer, but I I could be wrong there.
0: Mm. Well, let's get to uh, the music here. Uh, Like I said, we have eight themes on the board. Uh, Songs that you probably won't hear at a progress show anymore because... They are non-licensed or the wrestlers just aren't there anymore, which is just the way things go in wrestling, Duncan. That's that's just what happens. Exactly. We'll start off here with a trio of men who we just mentioned a few minutes ago, British Strong Style, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven, all of whom have had some pretty big success in NXT and NXT UK. Uh, Bait and Seven are former NXT tag team champs. And Pete Dunne just finished his reign as WWE UK champion of 685 days, which is the longest title reign in WWE in like 40 years, which is pretty nuts. And of course, all three of them have held gold in progress as well. Their theme is by Jack White. And it's his cover of the U2 song, Love is Blindness. So if you remember back on the first Progress episode that we did, we started off with Party Hard by Andrew W.K., and we talked about how that song and that sound really emphasized the atmosphere and the ethos that Progress was going for and trying to convey high energy, a uniting rock song, feel-good party vibes, and, and so on. This is not that. This is still a very charged song, with a lot of emotions to it, but they're not happy emotions, to say the least. Uh, This is meant to be heart-wrenching and depressing, plenty of suicidal imagery. Thread is ripping, the knot is slipping, squeeze the handle, blow out the candle, love is drowning in a deep well. It's quite morbid and quite morose, and that's very much the opposite of Party Hard and that whole vibe, Duncan.
1: Yes, uh, it's certainly opposite in tone to Party Hard, but it still encapsulates the message that they want to get across with this group. This came into place after they had turned heel, initially with uh, initially with Seven and Dunn teaming up together, betraying their own partners in a Moustache Mountain vs Dunn Brothers tag team match. And then Tyler subsequently decided he wanted to join in as well. Um, It really, for me, is a big microcosm of their shifts in attitude that was going on around this time. If you look at Mustache Mountain as a group, they were sort of cheery hipsters. Pete Dome was this petulant, young and bitter dude as a solo act. But now when they all come together... You've got this Peaky Blinders-esque augmentation that's this authoritarian mix of style and grit, opulence and stark reality, the household name of the WWE and the underground of the independent scene, which all three men wound up running or involved with in some way uh, during the course of their run.
0: Yeah, it's not like... They're a bunch of depressed guys going, "Oh woe is me." They're tough dudes. They're they're manly men with mustaches and singlets. You know, they they're, they're fighters. But yeah, you're right. The overall sound of the song does work so well for them because it has that old school vibe to it. Uh, it doesn't sound clean and bright and shiny and new. It sounds weathered and gritty, and that's British strong style as well. Um, maybe not the weathered part, because Dunn and Bader are still in their 20s, but they, they do have that old-school feel to them. As you said, that Peaky Blinders, tough British gangster from the 20s who will fuck you up. And and they do dress like Peaky Blinders sometimes when they're not wrestling. So I, I think in the end, the song, it does end up being a good fit for them.
1: Totally, yeah. And you, like with the intro as well... It almost sounds like the song's sort of reverberating out of the gutters and coming out to give you an impression of who's coming out. I, You've really taught me something here, uh, prepping for this episode. I did not realise that this was a U2 song. I did not realise that Jack White recorded this for a U2 tribute album. I thought he recorded it specifically for the Great Gatsby soundtrack.
0: Well, he did. He did. Uh, it was just, it was on the U2 tribute album that I, I found it. And that was what I wrote on the sheet. Uh, and then afterwards, I discovered that he had made it for the Great Gatsby movie that came out a few years ago with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which works too. That works too because uh, The Great Gatsby was a book written in the 20s about that time period. So it fits in with the old school vibe for sure.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, this is like a sort of roaring 20s f- theme to it. And Jack White's good at that old sort of old timey production. Um, I'm p- pretty sure it's uh, in one of his studios, It's third man studios, he has one of those old booths where you could just cut a record straight to vinyl, just singing in the booth. And Neil Young recorded the whole album through that. So he, he loves these old-timey methods, and he, he knows how to create a, a sort of different vibe and atmosphere. Um, he's also got that rather divisive, scratchy guitar sound that maybe sounds a little bit amateurish at times, but it kind of reined it in a little bit at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's the kind of song that will make you stand out, no matter who you are, I think, because... It's not like the old FSU theme, which was happy and peppy. It's not like the old SPPT theme that was very much that, you know, braggadocio club anthem. I mean, there are heavy songs in progress. You know, Jimmy Havoc is a pretty notable example of that, but I think Love is Blindness is in its own little class there, uh, Duncan.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Very stark, and a couple of the lines really fit into some of the group. Was, they were talking about fingers too numb to feel, I could only think about Pete Dunne cracking people's fingers off their hands and stuff like that. And uh, it mentions no call and no warning, which again fit both a formation and this meteoric rise of the group, really. Uh, Pete and Trent won the tag titles for the first time in September of 2016 at Chapter 36. Then Pete wound up winning the progress title two months after that. And then within a month, the whole WWE in the UK interest thing kicked off and they turned out to be the poster boys for it. So yeah, no call, no warning. They're suddenly here and running British wrestling in a sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Up next is the current NXT UK women's champion. Also the current WXW women's champion. A former Progress Women's Champion, a former World of Stardom Champion, and uh, about 20 other belts that she's held over the years, despite only being 23 years old. From Australia, it's Tony Storm, and Tony's Progress theme is by a group called Dana Fowler and The. That's it, just The. <laughs> no other nouns necessary, I suppose. This is off of the album Horror Story it's called Bloodsuckers I've got the
1: empires to lead and she's got
0: This is another intense song that starts softly and then explodes into this chaotic rock song. I don't really know what it's about, to be honest. Uh, The lyrics are a little confusing, I think, and the vocals are kind of drowned out in the mix as well. Uh, I I do know that it's quite violent. Uh, Let's kill your husband and make you an heir. Let's dine on his insides. I don't know who this husband is, but I would not want to be him, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I guess for a wrestling theme, it hits the right notes for being loud and violent, Duncan.
1: Yes, the progression of this song really suits a wrestler coming out to the ring. You've just got this very hushed intro that builds up anticipation, and then you explode out of the curtain when the riffs kick in, and uh, it kind of ebbs and flows in a good way that matches how a wrestler would, or when a wrestler would get in the ring and match those sort of beats I was having a really hard time figuring out how this could relate to Tony Storm whatsoever um, in reality it's just uh, this was around the time that Progress started reaching out to more independent artists for a group of themes to replace the licensed themes that they were looking to get rid of and Tony wound up picking this one herself out of the group. Um, I found a post on Reddit from the artists themselves about how happy they were about that. Um, Like you're saying, the lyrics especially, it's a weird kind of narrative. Um, But there are a few lines that still sort of tied into the changes that I think Tony was looking to make as a singles wrestler. Uh, At one point it talks about, I told you that my blood would surely freeze. It's colder than you all think it is. And it felt like a really big warning not to underestimate this killer instinct that Tony would have inside of her. Tony, as a personality outside of the ring, is very, very much full of nervous energy and boundless enthusiasm. And you wouldn't think that she had it in her to sort of kill someone off. In a sense, in the ring, and uh, close the deal to be a real winner. Um, but I guess this song is helping you prepare yourself for that. Um, it seemed to also be coming from this perspective of, I don't know, maybe some kind of otherness that consumes Tony when she's wrestling. You know, she's not the happy go lucky uh, smiley woman when she gets in the ring, she's like a fully full-blown professional out there to just win um, maybe even it's from the perspective of the ring or wrestling itself you know I think I like you I don't want to share thank God I'm beside you to keep your head clear it's kind of the need to win that's keeping Tony's head clear it's certainly the complete and utter opposite end of the scale from tony's first theme when she was in progress which was levels by Avicii, which is that <laughs> song that you hear that you swear is good feeling by florida but then it turns out it isn't and then they got remixed together anyway and ugh.
0: yeah i mean on the one hand tony is tough and strong and a, a hell of a fighter don't get me wrong but on the other hand, I don't know. Maybe I have like too much of Tony's look in my head, because she's got the backwards cap, the leather vest, the glasses, the black stripe under the eye. Sometimes she has that uh, cute little mini top hat on. That's that's very adorable. Uh, I, I don't I don't really think "Let's dine on his insides" really matches up with that whole aesthetic. I think it's maybe a bit too dour for her, Duncan.
1: I don't think the Australasian region would be a very productive region to live in if you were a vampire, at the very least. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Uh, A a little too sunny, I think. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, England is perfect because it's got plenty of clouds and grey and darkness, but uh, Australia, not so much.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, this is, again, going back to how I feel that this suits a wrestler coming out maybe not so much this particular wrestler like it feels a little weird having to wait in anticipation for tony to come out and like the, the intro is usually met with really really quiet patience basically um like you expected to just go out of the gate and be a bit of a maniac um yeah tony uh one of the fixtures of the women's division, as you say. One of my fondest memories of her is the second progress show I ever attended. She was wrestling uh, a, a woman coming up slightly later on in our rundown here who put her in a bin bag and Tony resulted, uh, Tony wound up hooking up out of a bin bag and tearing it off like a Hulkamania <laughs> t-shirt. Oh, that was a great bit of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, the song that she has in WWE now, Take Cover, it's a perfect fit for her because it's badass and metal and it kicks off right away and it's got kind of an upbeat spark to it as well, which is, you know, who Tony is. You know, she's the badass tomboy who you want to hang out with.
1: Now, is this the one that supposedly shares a melody with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yeah, I've seen those
0: comments on YouTube where it's like, oh, it's a Power Rangers song. I don't know, maybe the metal is a bit too intense Mm. for Power Rangers. I I don't know, I was never really a Power Rangers kid, to be honest.
1: I was a massive Power Rangers fan growing up, and, well, I mean, you say it's maybe a bit too metal. The whole Power Rangers soundtrack to the original series was basically like my first metal album. It was pretty great.
0: (laughs) Our third wrestler is another former Progress Women's Champion. It's Ginny. That's right, folks. Ron Weasley's sister is a wrestler. She does use magic in the ri- Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. It's not that, Ginny. Uh, this is Ginny with a J, and uh, she is the fashionista of Progress and NXT UK. Her theme is by Kerry Hilson, and this is her cover of the Soldier Boy song, Turn My Swag On.
1: Them who be them you tell us
0: well, we've taken a sharp left turn at Albuquerque here, away from hard rock and away from the intense, violent lyrics towards the world of pop and hip-hop and R&B and whatnot it's a lot more fanciful and upscale than the the nitty-gritty dirty rock and roll is and that's perfect for Ginny that's perfect for her because that's exactly who she is she's fanciful she's rich she's the upper-class fashionista and turn my swag on you can't find a better song for Ginny or her character I mean it's right there in the title you know, she's got swag. She's got money. She's got style. She's got pomposity. It's all right there, Duncan.
1: You hit the nail on the head there. Really, this is the kind of music that makes me thankful that they don't shoehorn all of the characters in the women's division into just point-old punk and metal songs. You know, they look to more contemporary stuff, and for the story and the feel to really truly fit the character. And um, this song right here is the song that fits a woman who's got everything you know just in an instant flick of a switch you have this state of mind from the get-go where you know you feel like Ginny is where you've got everything I did it without you I'm too busy winning I'm getting paper like you wouldn't believe it every time they see me I look good and the other thing about this song is the constant affirmation in there just all these years going in there And just the vibe, like you say, it's very high fashion and an absolutely perfect fit for Ginny.
0: Yeah, I mean, if your character is meant to be vain and pompous and snobbish, then you want a song that reflects that to the nth degree. You want something that just, it rubs your status and your ego in the face of everybody else just over and over and over again, which is what this song does so well. You know, yeah, all throughout the song, she's singing about how she gets up out of bed and turns her swag on because it's just who she is. She's so swag, it just comes naturally to her. Other people try to be swag, but they can't be as swag as her. And she sings about how if you ain't getting money, then you ain't got nothing for me. I mean, it it spells it all out so clearly there, Duncan.
1: Totally, yeah, and in... Contrast to Tony's theme from earlier, this is just out of the blocks. Energy, 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 commanding your attention and just immediately putting you on the wrong foot, setting you off in a panic and making you work to give Ginny the attention she deserves. Like, she's not out... The song is doing all the work for her. She's getting everything that she deserves from this really sudden intro definitely soldier boy's biggest gift to wrestling since elijah burke used to do for crank out soldier boy dancing wwe cw
0: well that and also in chikara where you had the stable of the soul touches coming out to crank that soldier boy and they would do the dance as they walked to the ring which was a lot of fun to see there but uh yeah you, you mentioned tony there is i think that real stark difference between this song and Tony Storm's theme, which is good because it represents that stark difference between Tony and Ginny and their characters. You know, if, if Tony is the badass, down-to-earth girl who you want to hang out with, then Ginny is the obnoxious, more artificial girl who is so vain and will never hang out with you, no matter what. You know, Tony is rock guitars and real drums Ginny is processed beats and a drum machine. So I think the two songs do a great job of of really differentiating between the two women and their
1: characters. Mm. And it basically turned into the rivalry that defined the most recent years of the women's division in progress. And Ginny's had these character touches down tooth and nail since the very beginning, really. Like, you look at all of the interviews that profiled her and specifically her rivalry with Pollyanna, which was the rivalry that put women's wrestling on the map in progress and resulted in them getting on main chapter shows as opposed to the kind of developmental or the wrestling school shows that they used to have. And you see the way she talks, and there's almost like this the manner in which she addresses the situation and her subject matter, she totally feels like a politician in the sense that you look at her and you think, you're just so disingenuous and like, you're just talking in buzzwords and believing your own hype. It's, It's just spot on really. And it's continuing to this day. I mean, when Ginny debuted in NXT UK, she had this absolutely wonderful vignettes profiling her like nothing completely revolutionary or anything but just super well stylized really well shot and really got across the character really well
0: yeah even going back to like when Ginny had two names because her name used to be Ginny Couture and Couture is a fancy word for high fashion so even her name Represented, you know, poshness and high society, and I'm classier and better than you because it's in my name. So it wasn't just Ginny's promo work that got her character across, it was her name.
1: Yeah, and it really comes together with all of the characters featured around her as well, which we'll come to a little more. But we've also seen in, in recent years, with, like you mentioned, Couture, the House of Couture had Charlie Morgan, Nina Samuels, and Chikara. Um, yeah, this is a woman that's used to being weighted on hand and foot. Basically, um, the other thing about her is this intensity as well. Like before, I'd I actually saw Ginny wrestle uh, at my second ever Progress show. I'd hear stories about how scary she is and stuff, and like just it's all in one glance the way she'd look at one audience member, and you just like oh. You're in trouble, mate. can't oh, get out of there.
0: <laughs> Moving on now to our next wrestler here it's the Mod Father, the Mod of Thunder, the Moddy Donna, Mods Gift to Women. I, I could go on. I got plenty more where that came from, Duncan. But I'll, I'll stop for now. This is, of course, Flash Morgan Webster. His theme is by the classic UK rock band The Jam off of their album In the City. It's the title track, In the City. So I don't think it would take a real genius to figure out why Flash Morgan Webster came out to this song, you know, because the the jam were at the forefront of the mod revival scene of the late 70s, early 80s. In the City was actually their debut single. And of course, Flash's whole thing is that he's a mod. That's his shtick. So him and this song are really just a match made in scooter riding heaven, Duncan.
1: No doubt about it, yeah, this very much reflects Flash's experience, probably in progress, basically. He's a mod in a rocker's world. Um, And, you know, Flash is basically this nearly man as far as progress goes. He was the first person to win the Natural Progression series, but not wind up becoming the champion as a result of that. And at chapter 65, he was announced as being the champion, but then there was a whole dusty finish. overturned that, he's overall just this very earnest guy you just look at his podcast name it's Wrestling Friends and he's that sort of naivety flows into this song a little bit it's there in the opening line, you know in the city there's a thousand things I want to say to you this is a man who's coming in and just looking to explore the possibilities um, wrestle with that sense of naivety um, and there's another line that talks about and if it don't work at least we still tried and that's also very fitting I thought
0: yeah I mean when your whole gimmick is that you're a mod there really isn't that much else you can come out to that would make sense you know because he's got the Union Jack jacket the round sunglasses the overcoat the scooter helmet with the who symbol on it Uh, he used to be billed from a town called Malice which is another popular jam song. So it's not like he was going to come out to, I don't know, Biggie Smalls or Robbie Williams. You know, his choices are pretty limited. But I think the jam are a great pick, not just because they're a mod band, but they are from the mod revival. So they're, you know, a bit more contemporary than, say, an an original mod band like The Who or The Small Faces.
1: Yeah, for sure. I really like the... like the bop in the riffs here and the way that the riffs kind of get cleaner and more elongated when the lyrics come in so that it can really communicate its message here. And this is really the first song on our list here today that has one of those communal moments in terms of a wrestler coming out with the riffs kicking in between the choruses and people go oi, 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 along with it. It's um. Yeah, again, it fits really well for like a underdog style wrestler like Flash. He was in that intergender tag match that I mentioned on the first episode where he teamed with Pollyanna against the South Pacific power couple. And from that point on that's the match that had me hooked on Progress Wrestling and looking out for everyone in that match specifically. Um One show I went to, he wrestled a match with Keith Lee that was just about the best, the most logical, modern, big versus small match i have seen in a good long while. Uh, Flash is great.
0: You mentioned Communal. I did think about this as well. In the City, it's a great song for Flash just because it's a a mod song, of course. But I think it's also a great song for Progress in general. Um, Not to dredge up, once again punk rock wrestling but the mod revival scene basically took the look of the mods and (laughs) injected it with that punk rock sound and mentality and the song is about the disgruntled youth and their alienation from the older generation which is of course a common theme in punk rock music in the city there's a thousand things i want to say to you but whenever i approach you You make me look a fool. I want to say, I want to tell you about the young ideas, but you turn them into fears. And I think, for better or for worse, progress has been a place that has nurtured the younger generation of UK wrestlers and has championed the young idea. You know, back in the day, you had guys like Will Ospreay, Mark Andrews, Marty Skrull, Jimmy Havoc, that generation of guys who were put on a more prominent radar in wrestling because of progress. And I think the same is true for today with guys like Chris Ridgway, Chuck Mambo, Spike Trivet, and that new generation of wrestlers there, at Duncan.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And on a similar note, relating it back to Flash, um, this is a good fit for a Welsh lad coming into a more metropolitan area. I mean, it's literally in the city. Um, so I feel that that's good as well and yeah Flash has been a sort of mainstay of that generation of wrestlers who have been coming in and progressing (laughs) Um, and I'm really glad that he didn't get overlooked in that sense
0: well up next is another female wrestler in progress this is Laura DiMatteo her theme is by an artist named Alyssa Reed it's off of the album The Game And it's called, The Game. to play the game no 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 sorry could have up myself there so this is another female pop song like Ginny's theme is but it goes in a different direction than Ginny's theme does in terms of the subject matter because Ginny's theme is very selfish, vain braggadocio and this song can also kind of be considered braggadocio but it's more about empowerment and rising above adversity than it is about being snobbish and rich and whatnot. Because it's about a woman who has been in a bad relationship with someone. She breaks up with them, and she rises up out of it. As you looked, you saw me walking out. You tried to knock me down. I would go on without you. Now you're sitting in the mess you made. Now you're feeling my pain. And I'm hoping that you know that I'm stronger because you made me. You will never phase me. You can never take me down. Etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that is relevant to her relationship with Ginny, which we'll get to in a second here. But you know, just as a face theme for a wrestler trying to succeed in the world and trying to make it on her own, it works well as that too.
1: Oh, totally. Um, this again, the rhythm of the verses, it's almost like a heartbeat the way it beats through, and it feels really natural in terms of. The way it both marries getting across the story of the character and fitting into the way you build anticipation of a match. I can whenever I hear some of the verses kick in here, I can um I can almost hear commentary adding in little elements explaining what's going on and you know kind of like how if ever I hear bits of metal lingus, I always kind of hear in my head JR being all like, "Oh, son of a bitch, Edge! <laughs> yeah, he's screwed down, Cena."
0: Oh, that damn um, Jezebel leader with Edge! God damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cena might be knocked out, King. It's almost—I mean, you, you joked about the game earlier, but it, it kind of feels like my time is for Triple H. Like it's that perfect marriage of explaining the character's motivations. And fitting the rhythm of someone coming out to the ring.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for those that don't know, Laura and Ginny, they do have a long history with each other. Because Laura started out as Ginny's personal assistant, Elizabeth. And Ginny, being a heel, of course, did not treat Laura all that well. And eventually, Laura stood up for herself and turned against Ginny and became her own person. Which is right in line with the lyrics of the song. I've been doing my thing, I've been running my game, and you know I won't look back. Which is interesting, I think, because she started using this song on the Endeavor shows long before the Ginny breakup and feud. So it's kind of a case where a song may start out as just a random song for an entrance theme, but it becomes more emblematic of the wrestler it belongs to as time goes on.
1: I was thinking of that as well. It It also surprised me when... She was coming out to the early shows. Actually, is still associated with Ginny and she was still coming out to this song. And I was trying to think about how it would fit in that situation because like you say, it's really perfect for her having that breakaway moment, you know, talking about I won't look back, you'll never phase me, you can't take me down and your view of a person being full of regret and pain and stuff. But the way I tried to sort of justify it is I guess you could see it as Laura reasoning with herself like why she's in this position and you know trying to justify her actions in a sense you know she's like okay look this isn't me anybody who knows me truly would know that I'd stand up on my own but you know I'm just playing the game it's all part of the game I'm gonna bide my time and then wait for my moment to get ahead. You know, and there's even the line I had to fake it till I made it and I guess she was faking it until she busted Ginny in the jaw
0: yeah yeah um, of course last year Laura turned heel and reunited with Ginny which kinda renders the whole point of the song moot I guess but, but that point, by that point she stopped using the song altogether as a theme so I suppose it doesn't really matter <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the disappointment that you could feel in that from people's reactions to that reunion and the way it sort of sucked away all this character work is almost a testament to how successful this all was. Laura DiMatteo really is a very key foundational character and wrestler for the women's division in progress because it got people invested in someone trying to better themselves and move on and progress with a new story and it got them to anticipate change. You just knew that when you saw Ginny berating Elizabeth at the time and, you know, hardly being Elizabeth, I love you! <laughs> more, more, more like reality, Macho Man Randy Savage, than uh, happy marriage, Randy Savage. But anyway, um, yeah, you could tell something was going to snap at some point and Yeah, they did a great job of rallying people behind Laura and to break out on her own. And she's really an excellent wrestler. She had a great match with Tony Storm at one Manchester chapter.
0: Well, Duncan, we are moving on now to our next wrestler. And uh, I'll be honest with you, this guy scares me a little bit because he's bald, he's ripped to shreds, and he's got those crazy eyes of course, I'm talking about one half of the Swords of Essex and a former Progress Tag Team Champion, Paul Robinson. His theme is by Scroobius Pip, featuring Sage Francis and P.O.S. Off of the album Distraction Pieces, it's called Let Them Come.
1: It's cold, we bite the top of our zips, pull it up with our teeth till it covers our lips. Exhale, central beating for the weather being. My feet are beating the stream, stand by us like we Walking these streets with that distant stare. No one likes us, but we don't care. Maybe our kind don't fit round here. Our minds find conflict round here. See, we choose to cruise a road that ain't paved with gold. So our shoes don't slip, they stick and grip this road. Our tools and inslicks that we engrave and mold. For an end goal, you maybe can't spend or fold. We won't settle for unsort careers or 40 years of salty tears. Like a battered up mixtape with a long faded label. When I'm old with decaying, I'll be decaying and a If the bat's like... Let him come, let the death drum break the slump for the one jump brace to come. Pickle pickle with desire, spies, the bad times to come and let him come. the bad times to come and let him let the death drum break the slump for the one jump brace to come. Pickle pickle with desire, spies, the bad times to come and let him come.
0: If you're looking for an upbeat, happy, inspiring wrestling theme, go somewhere else. Cause You're not going to get that here. Uh, I mean, from the opening jump, you get this distorted guitar soundscape that makes up the backdrop of the song. Not a nice noise, not a pleasant noise by any stretch. And then, as Scroobius Pip starts to rap, you hear the drums start to fade in and get louder and louder in the mix. And as he starts talking faster and faster, everything just sort of builds and builds into this climactic, full-force, aggressive chorus. It's just a very intense, in-your-face, fuck-you-up kind of song. Which, for a guy like Paul Robinson, I'd say that lines up pretty nicely there, Tonkin.
1: (laughs) It's almost anxiety-inducing, really, isn't it? It's it's fantastic. I'm very happy that you mentioned the drums as well, like the the way they rise up to prominence as you get closer and closer to the chorus kicking in, and that's the point when Paul Robinson would actually burst through the curtain and get in everybody's faces and just scare the piss out of everybody oh my god yeah that intro is just so doom laden and reality warping you know something is on its way that's not very nice at all and it really matches up with this sense of otherness that I really feel, whenever I see Paul Robinson, he never wrestled at a Manchester chapter show until December, which was one of the ones I unfortunately had to miss. Um, and I'd only seen him wrestle previously as, like you say, one half of the Swords of Essex, or as Mr. Wrestling Paul Robinson, which is when he would used to do some really clean technical wrestling stuff, and then yell, wrestling! to the crowd, <laughs> which is Something you still hear little bits of at progress shows to this day. Um, it's such a good match for this intensity and this aggression that he has, this little nipper that's just going to mess you up so badly. This guy with a big kickboxing background and a Napoleon complex. It's just an angry, angry, dangerous man. Um, so it really fit his persona after he turned on Will Ospreay at Chapter 13 and sided with Jimmy Havoc and his stable of wrestlers. Um, You hear it in the lyrics too. No one likes us, but we don't care. Maybe our kind don't fit around here. It plays into that otherness and, like I say, this Napoleon complex that he sort of has. He's not out to revolutionise wrestling. He's just out to beat people up and gob on them with the biggest wad of spit you can imagine. (laughs)
0: Yeah, danger is very much the topic du jour of the song, Uh, especially the chorus, which is If the bad times are coming, let them come Let the death drum break the slump Before the once young braves succumb The fickle flicker of desire expires If the bad times are coming, let them come, let them come So not only is it acknowledging that bad times are coming, but They're actually welcoming the bad times. Let them come. Which tells us that Paul Robinson is a pretty bad dude. And it doesn't matter what comes his way. He will fuck that thing up. Which is perfect.
1: Yeah, it fills it with this sense of defiance that really matches up with Paul Robinson. And there's also a line about there's no pill for the whirlwind coming. He really is a whirlwind when he comes out of that curtain, gets right in front row fans faces um so intense it's insane
0: i think the scariest thing too is that paul robinson is not a big dude at all he's like five foot six 150 soaking wet so he's by no means a giant but he makes up for that with his intensity and his brawling and his presence because he, he just has that maniac aura to him and that maniac look with the bald head and the crazy face and he's shredded to hell the guy is just a problem and as small as he is he just has that vibe where if he wanted to he could disembowel you with a spoon so he's he's a very frightening man duncan
1: wait a minute bald head crazy eyes danger uh du jour You're looking at the real deal now! Woo! (laughs) Uh,
0: I I don't know if Paul can shake his neck like D-Lo can. Maybe (laughs) we'll have to see what his uh, neck uh, shaking ability is like.
1: (laughs) I I would love to start that conversation. Hey, Paul, can you shake your head, please? You what, mate?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the second to last wrestler on the list here is Millie McKenzie, who is also the youngest wrestler on the list at 18 years old. Millie's theme is by a band called the Common Jets. It's called The Enemy. This is a fun little rock song. Uh, pretty standard stuff, really. It's all about taking down your enemy. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Got a pop drive to it. Very enjoyable song. You are, you are, you are the enemy. And I think if you're a scrappy youngster like Millie is, it's a good fit. It's a good fit for her. So yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about it, to be honest, Duncan, but uh, it, it's a fine enough song, I guess
1: it's really sort of industrial sounding and robust. And it kind of reflects the way that Millie wrestles and her background. These guys are from Coventry, just like Millie. And funnily enough, when I was growing up, the biggest band to come from Coventry, uh, that were around at that time were a band called the enemy. So I think there's this really circular nature of living in Coventry. You get the same sort of references and stuff all the time. Um, yeah, it, like the style that Millie wrestles when she really gets into the zone, suplexing people to the point where she'll joke about Brock Lesnar being her dad and stuff. <laughs> it it really does match like that laser focus, that getting in the zone, um, and like, the, the, like I say the industrial guitar sound. But there's also this little bit of a juvenile nature in there, especially with the chorus you mentioned. The you are, it's a little bit schoolyard and. It reflects Millie's sort of junior status in, you know, it's a young person's business, but she's young even from that perspective. I mean, like you say, 18 years old, she's barely soaking wet out of the womb if they're in the ring already, you know. Um, and she's also a big goofball out of the ring with her strange faces that she pulls and her equally strange eating habits. And her insistent need to hug Pete Dunne at every <laughs> instance that she can.
0: Yeah, to me, the real shame is that Millie has never used in progress the actual best theme ever, which is You Got a Friend in Me by Randy Newman, which always makes me laugh whenever I watch that clip where her and Pete Dunne are coming out for this tag match as the Bruiser Mates. And <laughs> Millie comes out and she does the the Pete Dunne Fists to chin taunt thing, then she has to practically drag Pete out from behind the curtain onto the stage and get him to do the taunt with her. And Pete just looks, you know, so mortified. It's like he has to babysit his sister at the mall. You know, it's it's just it's so funny to watch. And uh, but yeah, it's very much the case of Millie being, I think, the youngin of the roster, where she's got the enemy and the Toy Story song. You know, these two kind of juvenile songs as their entrance themes.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. This is just great for the way it builds theme, gets into its groove. And you know, like you say, it's very simple in terms of story matter. The rise of me is the start of your fall. Grit your teeth. Don't turn around or I'll be taking you down. And yeah, you've just got to keep your eye on Millie because she's got an amazing future in professional wrestling.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well she did just finish another tour with the sendai girls in japan that's right yeah and if you're in the ring with those ladies then you are learning from the best and you got a bright future ahead of you
1: yeah only just lost her junior championship on the most recent tour and she's going to be naturally at the show sendai girls are running in manchester which i'm really really excited. that's right about.
0: yeah i heard about that yeah 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 all right it's time now for our eighth and final wrestler of the episode you know him. You love him. It's everybody's favorite, Zach Gibson. Zach is currently one half of the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. He's a former Progress Tag Team Champion, the winner of the 2018 WWE UK Championship Tournament, and he is Liverpool's number one, soon to be, Music of the mats number one, soon to be, The UK's number one, and soon to be the world's number one. His theme is by the band The Addicts, and it's their rendition of the classic, You'll Never Walk Alone. So this is not a very complicated song by any stretch. Uh, It's actually quite simple, just the same four lines repeated over and over and over again. But in this case, it's the context of the song that is the most important thing here. Because You'll Never Walk Alone was originally a show tune from the musical Carousel. And then in the 60s, this band from Liverpool called Jerry and the Pacemakers... ...did a version of it that was adopted as an anthem by the Liverpool Football Club. And it's been that way for decades. So naturally, Zach Gibson, who is from Liverpool, would come out to this song. The key thing here, though, is that A, Zach Gibson is a heel. And B, the majority of progress shows have either been in the Greater London area or Manchester they don't run in Liverpool. Thus, neither of those places are big fans of Liverpool FC or this song, You'll Never Walk Alone. So what we have here, Duncan, is the perfect storm of unlikable shit-kicker asshole Zach Gibson having a song that champions another town's football club in a country that is very territorial about its football clubs. It's it's utterly perfect and fantastic in every way.
1: It's absolutely spot on. Yeah, I think there are a lot of Liverpool fans who are heels, but they don't know it. And Zach Gibson is basically just that. This version in particular is the right version to use as well as opposed to the Jerry and the Pacemakers version which is much more sedate and comforting and uh, almost like a a waltz in terms of its pace Um, yeah this version it's spikier, it's more ramshackle it's heavier, it's got a more sort of terrace sound to it with almost amateur style vocals and it's very sort of confrontational this is kind of how you'd expect Liverpool fans to be post-match after they won on the pisser confronting people about the fact that their teams won and, oh, they're the best and, oh, you know. Um, we have another football club here, infamous, um, who are called Millwall FC, and their catchphrase is uh, no one likes us and we don't care. I think Liverpool's catchphrase would probably be Everyone loves us because, you know, who wouldn't? And I'm putting my fingers in my ears and I'm not listening if you <laughs> tell me otherwise. So, yeah, this version of this song is the perfect way to turn an anthem which is more about communal comfort into an anthem that's meant to breed communal hatred. And Zach Gibson is one of the most hated men in all of professional wrestling. It's just marvellous Anytime any time. You see him live, and he gets booed out of the building anytime time he tries to grab a mic. We all quieten down, and then he thinks he's safe, and he gets the mic, and it gets booed again, and the, oh, fuck off, look <laughs> on his face when he, he thinks we've all quietened down, ready for him to speak, and we, we're not ready for him to speak. It's just marvellous.
0: The annoying factor is what makes it so great. Like Like, it's not enough that it's the Liverpool Football Club song But it's the same lines over and over and over again. Because the regular song has like multiple verses in it and whatnot. This is just the chorus on repeat. And it's great because it just gets in your ear and it won't go away. You'll never walk alone. It's like the drunk guys at the bar who put the jukebox on and keep playing the same song over and over and over again. Don't stop believing. You know, it's like that. And you just you just want to punch their lights out because it's just it's so annoying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really gets under your skin. And it's just like Zach Gibson. It's a perfect match for this sneering, scowling, self-centered, self-inflating little prick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gibson is a guy who just, He just gets being a heel so well because he's got a very punchable face to begin with. But he's also just so good at being abrasive and obnoxious and hitting all the right nerves with the crowd while at the same time being a very good wrestler. He's a very good wrestler in the ring, but as a character, you just want to strangle him so much. And when it comes to picking the music for his themes, it's not just in progress where he's excelled. Because one time, uh, during the most recent World Cup, he came out to Three Lions, which is the English national football team's anthem. And you would think that would get him cheered. Except he wasn't in England. He was in Ireland, in OTT. (laughs) And in the video, you see him come out, and there is just an ocean of middle fingers pointed in his direction. So Gibson is just... A master at a riling up a crowd no matter where he is. He's just so damn great right at it.
1: <laughs> That's a genius decision because, like I was saying, about Liverpool, some Liverpool fans maybe heels and they're ob- oblivious to it. I think a lot of the English are very kind of heelish towards the Irish and nobody understands why the Irish hates the English and like, just look at a history book, please. Yeah, the, the like you're saying it really gets in your head and under your skin. And the, I think it's the, either the fourth or the fifth rendition of this chorus. It gets a bit like call and response, and they're like, "War gone, war gone, war gone, war gone, with hope, oh, with hope oh, in your heart." And that's the bit that always gets me addicted. You know, how you mentioned this was originally from a musical called Carousel. Yes. Did you happen to uh, look upon the album cover of the uh, Addicts that this song is from?
0: It is a carousel. <laughs> There's a carousel it's a carousel? carousel. Yeah, Lovely. yeah. Very, uh, very appropriate. Very appropriate. Okay, that was our second batch of Progress themes there. Uh, a nice mix of male and female talent. Uh, some rock and roll, some pop, some hip-hop. And, you know, whatever we have to say about Progress, Duncan, good or bad... We'll always have the music, you know, we'll always have this nice little audio snapshot that we can look back on and appreciate, even when progress uh, isn't the same as it used to be.
1: Absolutely. This has brought back some cracking memories. And if you're going to Super Strong Style weekend, the, the at the weekend, <laughs> um Yeah, you could see Ginny become women's champion again. You could see Trent Seven maybe unify the Atlas and the World Heavyweight Championships. There's a lot of interesting names that haven't wrestled for progress before in the tournament. You could see some top quality stuff.
0: All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Duncan, thank you again for being on the show here. This was just, you know, a a ton of fun like last time was, and uh, I'm glad we could do this again.
1: Oh, it's a blast, Andrew, really. It's an honour to be on this podcast, one of my favourite shows around at the minute.
0: If you want to plug anything, go right ahead.
1: Yeah, my podcast is Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast, on Instagram at TNW underscore podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We Our most recent episode covered WCW Spring Stampede 1999 to celebrate its 20th anniversary and because my friend Kyle hasn't seen a good WCW show so I tried to make a difference there. There's lots of progress related content that we did on our episodes including our show covering the Hello Wembley chapter where we got um, my good friend Gareth who I've met on a fight called Pro Show, uh, he got a media backstage pass and got some interviews with Paul Robinson and the owners of Progress and Doug Williams, amongst various other people.
0: By any chance, is Gareth also the assistant to the regional manager? <coughs> That's an office joke. Oh, which one? The original one. Oh, okay. Well, that fell flat, God damn it! <laughs> I thought you'd get that one, but uh, oh well.
1: <laughs> well, I popped big time for uh, you know, Cecil Pevington intro last time. I have to say. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Cecil may pop up in the intro. We'll see, we'll see. And uh, Music of the Matt is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find other great wrestling podcasts on there at voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can find the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Duncan, thank you again, and I'll see you around. It's an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you, Andrew.
0: All right. For Duncan Joyce, I'm Andrew Rich. And I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.